Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richard, good to be with you. We got a lot of show today, a lot on the agenda. Breaking down news of the day, we have Mr. Dan Evans, he's back. Host of Power, Power Report, audio face, all right, we're gonna talk to him about a lot of news today. And in the bullpen, my debate segment, we have Olivia Rondu, conservatarian journalist and activist, discussing left-leaning policies and right-leaning policies. Top story of the day, a white male wanted for murder was active in a home invasion. The police come, they try to negotiate with him. He comes downstairs, he stabs one of the cops six times, they don't shoot him. They then try to wrestle him to the ground, they don't shoot him. He's pepper sprayed, he is tasered, they do not shoot him. And then the fight goes outside and they finally shoot him to wound him. Let's put up a picture of the suspect involved in this. Kind of figured that, didn't you? Okay, let me give you some background to this story. Sandy Springs, Georgia, this story does not have much national attention. We're gonna give it some more because it's important to highlight the nuances involved in this case. New body camera video shows the moment Sandy Springs police confronted a home invasion suspect. Now remember, home invasion suspect who would later go on to stab an officer six times. The suspect that you just saw, his name is Matthew Lands. Would later be arrested on charges that he murdered the couple who lived next door to his Ackworth home days earlier. Let me show you the screenshot. We have two of them, the screenshots of when Matthew Lands literally came downstairs and stabbed the police officer. It is important to note that while you only see one police officer in this frame, there are multiple police officers in that room who witnessed the stabbing of this cop, witnessed it multiple times and none of them, not one of the officers decided to shoot Mr. Matthew Lands. The story gets deeper. Let me give you an image of the wounds that the officer sustained. Those are the stab wounds. He could have easily died. Now, you know all of the talk about when unarmed men in particular or unarmed black people have a back and forth with the police officer and the police officer says, well, I was in fear for my life. I had no other choice. So you mean to tell me that when there's actual fear, when there's an actual weapon and when there's actual attempted murder of a police officer, you all still are able to apprehend the suspect and give that suspect due process rather than a death sentence. Fascinating, once again, put up the picture of Mr. Matthew Lands. Okay, police say Lands, 22 years of age, shot and killed county firefighter Justin Hicks and his wife Amber in their home on November 18th, 2021. Lands' home shared a backyard fence with the couple who had a two-year-old son that was left unarmed. 
unharmed. Two days later, Lance then broke into a Sandy Springs home, this is in Georgia, and confronted a woman and her son who lived there. New body camera footage obtained by Channel 2 investigative reporter Mark Winnie shows the moments police arrived at the home and they tried to negotiate with Lance. They tried to get him to come downstairs, which he did. They said, and I quote, hey, come on down, man, come on down. Officers tell Lance on the video, come down right now. We'll, we'll go next door if you want to. At some point during the negotiation attempts, Lance, Lance pulled a long hunting knife that officers did not initially see as he's coming down the stairs. When they tried to take him into custody, he started stabbing one officer who has asked not to be identified. The Sandy Springs major told the local news affiliate, and I quote, one of the wounds the officer received was directly in the back of his neck and it barely missed his brain stem at the base of his skull. One of the additional wounds was in the side of his neck, which was within millimeters of his carotid artery. His jugular vein, if you will, in that area, it was very, it was a very large knife. The wounds were extensive. Kane said that even after the attack, capturing Lance was not easy. He was tasered, which did not stop him. He was then hit with pepper balls, which did not stop him. Police eventually shot him to wound him. It took four officers as the struggle ensued inside the house and even outside to the lawn, but he is alive. They did not shoot to kill him, they were shooting to stop him. They tried to escalate as his force was already worthy. They tried to de-escalate as his force was already worthy of him being shot and killed. Now, I'm not advocating that Mr. Lance should be dead. I am saying that if they did kill him, I would not be surprised nor would they have been wrong. They would have been completely within their legal right and in their ethical right to kill Mr. Lance. That's keeping it 100. The man came downstairs and he tried to kill a cop. It is what it is, but he is living. He will go to court. He was not killed. After he stabbed the cop, not one of those cops, think about this. Not one police officer pulled out their gun and started shooting him, not one. And you have a room full of cops who just witnessed one of their colleagues being stabbed multiple times. Now one cop said it's time to put him down. Why? An unarmed black man in that same situation dies. Every day in America, somewhere this happens, gets shot. There's no de-escalation. Once you come downstairs trying to stab a police officer. I'm bringing this to your attention because I want you to see the narratives don't fit. When there's a black man involved or an unarmed black person involved, you routinely see the police officers will go to a narrative to suggest that they had no other choice and damn it, that is simply a lie. This shows you proof positive, the choice is always there. Now we could argue the legal ease all day. We can talk about what's within their legal authority and what is not. Here's what we know for sure, they have a spectrum. They have a wide range of opportunity and response. For whatever reason, these police officers decided to maintain the life of Matthew Lance. 
Now you have to debate. I have to debate as to why. My dear brother, what are your thoughts on this one? This is a really interesting story and I'm so glad we're bringing it to people's attention because the truth is this is one of those cases where we're often railing against police procedure for the police officers going in and shooting first and asking questions later. But this is a time where rarely, thankfully, a supposed police procedure was followed. When we say, well, shouldn't have the cops have done every measure they could have before using violence and then, or like before using lethal force and then only using lethal force to stop someone and not with the intent to kill them. As a last ditch effort, we argue this so many times and so often people say, "Oh no, the cops feared for their lives very much as you were just describing. But ultimately, as it turns out, there are procedures in place. Cops can act on these procedures. It's just very interesting when they choose to and when they choose not to. It's when they choose to show empathy, like when you had that infamous case of Dylan Roof being shooting up a school and then being given Burger King by the police officers who were arresting him afterwards. It's the times when these people are given humanity versus when they are treated as these are threats that need to be put down immediately. And hopefully officers will, See this as an example and go, okay, hey, we can approach these cases and we can survive and we can like move through this another day. But um, unfortunately, that was that officer who was got stabbed and thankfully they're okay as well. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that Mr. Lands should be dead. I am saying that George Floyd should be alive. That's the ultimate point I want to bring home with this story. Obviously, this is tragic for that officer. I'm sure those wounds were extreme and that is not what they expected. But the reality is, if you treated black people like you treated armed white people, everything would be fine. This woman, she claims to be an actress. I checked, she's barely an actress. She would rather rescue animals than refugees. Here's her commentary at her city meeting. First of all, I'd like to say all lives matter. I don't care what color you are. That's the problem here. I really believe all lives matter. And by the way, thank you for our law enforcement back there. There's, they're making Santa Clarita a very nice place. But I am concerned about what I'm reading about the Afghanistan refugees. And now you want us to have our taxpayers all put in money for these people that the government, which you know is crooked and they lie, they say they're vetted, but y'all know that they're not. And those people in the back are gonna have to like work double time for those people. Is when does American people come first? I know you guys understand what I'm saying and I kind of lost where I'm at, but all I want to, I trust in you guys, I do, I really do. I'm not gonna like yell at everyone. I'm getting tired of the human race. We say all lives matter. Well, you know what, I rescue animals and I'd rather rescue animals than humans because we're all kind of not working together. Let me point out the hypocrisy of all of this. Number one, she started with all lives matter. Obviously, only the only the only lives that matter in her world are the lives that are white because she's talking against lives that don't look like her while at the same time uplifting the protection of animal life which we all protect animal life if you're a decent person um but think about the irony of her 
proclamation here. She is not humans first, she's not life first. She wants you to believe that, she wants you to think that. She wants you to believe that somehow her particular brand of politics and her sentiment and expression is a human first expression, but it's not. She said it if you caught it, American first, right? What does American first mean in her world? American first obviously does not mean black lives matter. American first does not mean that America does what's right by our brothers and sisters who are from other nations. America first means you do what's right by white America, that's it, nothing more. Now I'm sure this woman, if you go to her home, she has a picture of white Jesus somewhere. She has a holy Bible next to her bed possibly, and she goes to church every Sunday and Wednesday. While at the same time, downgrading the value of actual humanity. This is what we're dealing with. My dear brother, what are your thoughts on this? So many thoughts, it's amazing that she contradicted herself so many times in that video. She cares about all people, but she would rather save animals because she doesn't care about the human race. And right. humans are bad at getting along together, but all lives matter, but screw the Afghans who we don't trust because we don't trust the government unless I think we'd be singing a different tune if there were a person in a different of a different party in office for her, but ultimately, what I want to emphasize for people, because it's something I've unfortunately seen when I've been activized, act, um, doing working in activist spaces with a number of um, different groups, but I've noticed in animal rights spaces as well. There's so much of a love for animals that uh, it supersedes the care for human beings when there should be both. Like we should care for animals, we should care for human beings, we should care for the lives of all of them mutually. And so that means that you have to go past animal rights activism, for example, and look at racial injustice. Look at how um, environmental racism exists and impacts people. Uh, there's so many different angles to these things that helps you become a better you know, person in the human race. You together and not like a Karen at the, of course, Santa Clarita City Council mm -hmm. or City Hall meeting, um, speaking all that nonsense. Yeah, you know, and people like this, I don't even think they are sincere about domestic pets. I don't, I don't think they actually care about uh, animals in that way. You know, for years, brother, I actually rescued cats. Uh, my schedule just got too crazy for that. And it's a remarkable community. And what I've learned is that people that actually are connected to that community sincerely, authentically, they care deeply about humanity as well. It's the people who really don't care about the survival and the fair treatment of our domesticated pets, but they wanna pretend as they do, those are the ones where you see the disconnect. Okay, a group of bully cops, they just run up on a man, here's what they did. Okay, so you see this happening, all right, there it is. They just, they just push the guy down, talk trash to him and leave. I mean, that is textbook gang activity, okay? They run up on a guy, knock him down. Talk trash, okay, now we can go. Let me give you some background to this. This is in Des Moines, all right? Uh, never before seen video, uh, but we know this came from 2020. The Court Avenue District Security Camera 
shows three Des Moines police officers dressed in riot gear crossing Court Avenue near 4th Street. They approach a man who was walking west on Court Avenue. They grab him, turn him around, then push him to the pavement. The officers pick up something, possibly his cell phone. And then everyone walks away, okay? Thugs, all right? Harvey Harrison, founder of the Des Moines Social Justice Group, said it's not okay. Let me give you some background. He said it's not okay for anybody, including Des Moines police officers in full military uniform, what appears to be militarized garb to come up, knock a person down on the street and apparently pick up their cell phone. Which what it appears they did, but in their pocket, put it in their pocket and walk away, that's not okay. And I agree with that local activist. He said he is not sure who the man in the video is. And he's not sure why someone waited until now to hand over the video. But he wants police to investigate to determine whether or not their officers acted appropriately or not under the circumstances and within the framework of their own rules, Harrison said. Now, we know good and damn well what you just saw is not part of any protocol, okay? Here's what the cops will do. They will say things like, we're, we're launching an official investigation. We're going to see all of the details before we make a decision. There's no way, there's no new information that would justify what you saw in that video. Let's put up a picture of the chief since we cannot identify these cops. And we are not able to identify the victim, we do hope he comes forward. In a statement to KCCI, Des Moines Police Chief Dana Wingert said the video was observed on social media and an investigation was immediately initiated. That's what he said. The chief also said our policy on conduct is very clear and compliance in this regard would be the focus of our investigation. The Just Voices Iowa nonprofit group also wants Des Moines police to study their overall response during the 2020 protests. There is no question in my mind that the black community in Des Moines is targeted and is disproportionately impacted by police actions. That has to change, Harrison said. The Just Voices Iowa group said it has additional videos and is seeking more videos showing Des Moines police activities with the idea to encourage police to do a deeper investigation into what happened in 2020. You know more videos do exist, okay? Here's what we know for sure when things like this happen, they never happen in a silo, they're part of a culture. Now, yes, the police chief can cite policy all day. He can say, we're looking into this and compliance is going to be the number one issue. Compliance and policy is not your number one issue, chief, it's culture. And while you're still talking reform, I'm talking replacement. See, once a culture gets so corrupt and so rotten, there is no policy that can correct it, not in mass. You now have to transfer individuals because the people are so rotten, they cannot be transformed. That's where you're at in Des Moines. My brother thoughts. Yeah, I don't know if you're able to cue the B-roll again, Craig, no worries if you can't. But the thing that I saw that really highlights what you're saying, Dr. Rashad, is that there needs to be a culture of policing that should be better. Thank you. Because you see the three cops approach the guy, but you see, I don't know, maybe it's a cop or a paramedic or whoever, stand back and watch. I want that guy punished too, yeah. because 
in order to address this culture of policing that you have right here, we need to have officers who, when they see something, they say something. They say, hey, listen, I don't care that we like work together. We're supposed to uphold this like police force. We have to maintain respect in the police force. I don't like seeing that because that makes my job harder. If that officer has, to, if or if a good faith police officer has to go into a black neighborhood and like solve crime and like ask questions or whatever, we're not going to be telling him anything because we they have this culture of the police don't trust and care about us. They're just a gang essentially. And yeah. video example evidence, when you have video evidence like this and the response of the police chief saying, we're gonna review the evidence and then talk about it for six months and then give you an answer shows people what they need to know with who the police stand for. They're for protecting themselves, not the public. There's one expression that came directly from the Black Lives Matter movement. And that was duty to intervene, duty to report. Now you have laws throughout states that say cops have a duty to intervene and a duty to report. And if they do not, when they see a fellow officer doing something illegal, they too can be charged. Well, we have to start not only implementing those laws nationwide, but we also have to make sure they are properly enforced so that the culture can start transforming. We got more on the other side, it's indisputable stick and stay. Remember every day the watch list, okay? The watch list, J.R. Jackson live weekdays, 12 p.m. Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific time. Find out stories that you should be paying attention to. He covers so much ground, news, politics, culture, current events, sports, and more. This is a 10 week test series on TYT. You can support JR by watching live every day. And don't forget to subscribe and follow at youtube.com forward slash watchlist TYT and facebook.com forward slash watchlist TYT. We got a petition, all right, very important petition here. We need your help to get 10,000 signatures to stop using DNA against sexual assault victims. It's wrong, it's likely unconstitutional, and it is unreasonable, all right? This can also discourage sexual assault victims from reporting sexual assault crimes against them. Very important, we signed this petition. Um, the San Francisco Police Crime Lab and all local and federal crime labs must stop entering sexual assault victims DNA into a database for future prosecution. This is bad, this is wrong, all right? Sign up, sign a petition, tyt.com forward slash petitions, tyt.com forward slash petitions. Also 20 years, 20 years TYT has been bringing it to you. We got a 20% site wide discount, shop tyt.com, shop tyt.com. Don't forget to pick up your I wish you Karen Wood t-shirt and or hoodie, anti-Karen t-shirt and or hoodie and so many other items. Also, we got two new items, 20th anniversary merch and Canvas 2022. Aspiration has the first ever credit card that gives users the ability to eliminate their carbon footprint. Each time the card is swiped, Aspiration's global partners will plant a tree. Now you can fight the climate crisis through your wallet, all right? This is a great, great connector. You can get cash back while doing so, real simple. To get more information, find out how to do this, tyt.com forward slash zero. TYT.com forward slash zero. All right, TYT member Colorado Blue Blazer regular says, the cops would probably recognize him from their Proud Boys gang meeting. 
talking about the guy who got every break known to man. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on him for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're going to feel great. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Consequences and repercussions. Now, I don't advocate nor condone violence. In this situation, these two gentlemen were already in a back and forth exchange. The white male decided to throw the N word into this altercation. Sounds like mutual combat opportunity here. If you're in an argument and you decide to call the other individual that you are about to fight the N word, let this be a public service announcement, something like that may happen, okay? Now, I think the guy who was um, who was aggressive in the slaps was actually pretty benevolent. He never gave him a fist. He slapped him the entire time, all right? Um, there was a move, I don't know if you all saw this, but he did something with his hat at the end of this. That was just quite interesting. Here it is. Damn. I'm sorry, guys. That's a cool mofo. Listen, I get it. No advocating for violence. We all understand what happens. You call somebody the, the N word, you're talking about fighting them, you know, fights happen, okay? But that hat flip, can we play that one more time, Jordan? We have, can we do that again? All right, we, I gotta see that one more time. Look at this. Fascinating. Damn. All right, um, listen, guys, just stop calling uh, people the N word, okay? Dan, uh, what are your thoughts here, brother? Yeah, I mean, his that white person's mouth was writing checks that his hands couldn't cash very <laughs> clearly. Um, and yes, we don't condone violence, but I do condone if you're going to get in a verbal argument with someone, do not use racial language or terminology towards them, because then every single video I see when that happens, they just go super cyan on the guy, and it's just like it's it's insane. Yeah. It's like it, and. A lot of pent up anger and frustration from the historical weight of these words and the everyday experiences kind of culminates in those slaps. Like it's as a black person, 
entertaining to watch in that regard. But obviously, this don't escalate it to violence, yeah. but also don't escalate it to racial terminology for other people as well. Well, yeah, I mean, in many jurisdictions, would actually interpret once the N word was used, that was that was inciting violence. So it's not necessary that there's a physical altercation first. If it's an aggressive approach and an inciting of violence, that means through your verbal speech, then self-defense can be applied immediately. And that's what I saw here. If I was in a court of law and I had to defend the black male, that's exactly how I would defend it. All right, there's a cover-up, an extreme cover-up. Let me first give you the mug shots. These are people that are school teachers and principals. Put up their mug shots. These officials, and keep their mug shots up. These officials at a private Christian academy in Texas are facing felony charges because they failed to notify authorities after a ninth grader was sexually assaulted by another student during a hazing incident inside of the school. Keep their mug shots up. Three administrators and two athletic coaches at Midland Christian School are identified in an arrest warrant affidavit obtained by the Daily Beast. Who do you have up there? You got the superintendent, Jared Owen Lee, secondary school principal, Dana Elizabeth Ellis, athletic director, Gregory Neal McClendon, assistant secondary principal, Matthew David Counts, and basketball coach, Barry Lee Russell. You know what's common about all of them? They are all in leadership positions. And all of them engaged in a conspiracy to cover up a violent sexual assault of a student. I'm gonna give you the background to this, it's horrific, all right? The Midland Christian's website proclaims, it says this and I quote, we are motivated in all facets of our faith in Jesus Christ. Attempting to serve as a reflection of God's unconditional love for all people. We seek to honor the Lord in all that we do by operating Midland Christian School in a manner consistent with biblical principles. It is important to us that every word and deed engaged in by Midland Christian School, its employees, representatives, volunteers, and students be consistent with and in furtherance of Midland Christian School's religious purposes both publicly and privately. That's what they say about themselves, all right? But here's the reality of who they are. But the five school officials apparently did not live up to those tenets. Following the alleged January attack, which was first exposed by Midland reporter Telegram. On January 28th, a detective with the Midland police was notified about a possible sexual assault of a child that occurred eight days earlier after basketball practice at Midland Christian. In an interview with authorities, the unnamed victim said he just stepped into the locker room to get changed when the lights turned off. Someone said it was freshman initiation day and the 10th grader began hitting the ninth grader. It gets even deeper. The ninth grader's hands were pinned down and he was flipped over onto his back. The affidavit states, he was then sexually assaulted with a baseball bat as other students looked on and cheered, according to the affidavit. That is criminal, that is perverted, that is evil. 
What I'm about to show you next, words cannot describe how perverted and evil these administrators are. February 11th, police investigators showed up at Midland Christian and spoke with Ellis, the principal of the school. She told cops that she was in fact aware of the incident and it had been documented. Wait a minute, we're talking about basically a rape. And the principal says, well, it's been documented. Ellis said Lee, who's the school superintendent, was the only one who could access the files. That's what she's telling the police, okay? When Ellis told Lee about the incident, Lee ordered McClendon and Counts to, and I quote, conduct an investigation. Instead of notifying law enforcement or another state agency. Now here's why this part is very important. They have a legal duty to report the abuse. There is no option here. They have a legal duty to report child abuse, child sexual assault crimes. They cannot simply do an internal investigation, write a summary and keep it internal. That's against the law. There's more. But when Lee contacted police on February 14th, he refused to answer any questions. The superintendent refused to answer any questions or provide the documentation to which Ellis had referred, demanding that cops get a search warrant instead. Well, guess what? They damn sure did. The warrant was granted and executed that same day. Here's what they found. During the search, investigators were given access to notes written by McClendon and Counts, talking about the coaches, that documented the incident according to the affidavit. In emails between all five that were reviewed by police, it was made very clear that a sexual assault had occurred and the school had a duty to report. The affidavit continues noting that there were multiple emails, multiple emails exchanged and that several of the administrators refused to report the incident once again. Once again, I highlight these stories because I need parents to be aware that real monsters exist in the world, okay? Listen to your children, make sure there's an open line of communication. This young person who was violated in this way spoke to somebody, had a conversation. That information got out and made it to law enforcement. Everyone failed him, this is a systemic failure. Everybody failed him at that school. His peers failed him, his principal failed him. His school teachers failed him, the rest of the administrators failed him, and upper management being the superintendent all failed this one student. And did absolutely nothing to correct nor to provide justice for what happened here until the police got involved. I am applauding police involvement here. I'm not anti-cop, I'm anti-bad cop. I'm anti-bad teacher, I'm not anti-teacher. Once again, the cover up, put up their mug shots. Okay, they were all in on it, every single one of them. Now here's the question I got for you. Do you think this is the first time they've covered up something? All right, Dan, thoughts on this case? You know, it's a shame that they call themselves a Christian school. And we had the first graphic where you're going what they have, all these different principles they claim to lead their school by when at no school, if, if, 
as a thought experiment, we had a satanic school. <laughs> I don't even think that they would handle it in this situation. Not Satanists are perfectly fine people. I don't know why I use that example, but it's like there's no religious context where on a human level you take this situation and as adults in the room, literal adults in the room, you brush it under the rug or ignore it. I don't care if he's a star athlete, I don't care who his parents are. This is a heinous act and the fact that the adults in the room, like top down, covered it up, and that's school right. district. Should be people should be questioning what are the Christian values that they practice, not only in their jobs but around the rest of their lives. Like, are they really consistent with the teachings of the Bible, and is that something that they want to have a culture around, have a community around? I think there's some definitely some tough questions for that community. Yeah, well said. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. A cop on paid leave after kicking a man who was already kneeling. The man that was having a mental health episode. Here's the video. On the ground. On the ground. On the ground before you get tased. Turn around, get on the ground. Mama ain't on. Turn around, get on the ground. Get on the ground, face down. On the ground, face down, you will be tased. On the ground, face down, you will be tased. Face down on your stomach. On your stomach. On your stomach, stay down. Put your arms out now. Face down on your stomach. The man was having a mental health episode. The police officer was well aware that this was a mental health condition situation. He still treated this individual in such a harmful manner. Let's put up a picture of this cop. His name is Officer Ian McInnes. McInnes. Uh, that's him with his uh, canine, all right? This East Cleveland cop is on paid administrative leave, pending an excessive use of force investigation after witness video was shared on social media of him kicking an already kneeling man in the back. The black man on the ground waiting to be handcuffed um, was handcuffed shortly after the kick. He showed no resistance. He was also having a mental health crisis. Officer McKinney's, who has been with the department for five years, is now on paid administrative leave per the department's collective bargaining agreement, Police Chief Scott Gardner said. McKinney's repeatedly ordered the man to get down and put his face on the ground during the incident, which happened early Monday at Best Steak and Gyro's house on Euclid Avenue near Forest Hills Boulevard. That's according to call logs and body cam video of the incident. The officer actually did suspect that the man was going through a mental health issue. The man was taken to the university hospital for a psychiatric evaluation, according to the call logs. McKinney's, McKinney's reportedly advised the staff at the hospital that the man was being aggressive. Um, meanwhile, as McKinney's and the man were in the hospital lobby waiting, the cop said, and I quote, Lucky you don't, you didn't meet my dog. 
last person had to have reconstructive surgery on his arm. I mean, he's at the hospital while, think about this now. He's at the hospital while this man is undergoing a psychiatric evaluation. And while he's at the hospital, he tortures the man again after physically assaulting the man and threatening the man with his dog while he's there for a mental health check, okay? According to the police, the man was causing a disturbance. Officers went to the restaurant just before 4 a.m. because a caller said someone was being aggressive toward customers. The officer approached the man on a payphone inside of the restaurant. He pointed a taser at the man and demanded he get on the ground, according to the body cam video. The man got off the phone, put his hands behind his head and kneeled. The officer continued to yell at him to get on his stomach. The body camera video does not show the officer kicked the man in the back. Gardner said someone shared with him a video circulated on Instagram, which does in fact show the kick, okay? Gardner immediately ordered a review after watching the video. Uh, the police chief said, and I quote, as soon as I saw it, I called and asked for an, for an internal review. Obviously looking at it from the onset, it doesn't look good. It looks pretty bad, you're damn right it looks bad here, Chief, all right? I advise internal affairs to commence an administrative investigation only because we actually had not had a complaint from the party. Now, this happens routinely, all right? The man is still identified, he's unidentified, he's unidentified. He has not come forward with the complaint and he may not. And this is why it's important to be the hero for other people. To document, you know, the unsung hero in this entire social justice movement and criminal justice reform movement and police reform movement has been the smartphone. But it also takes you, it takes me. It takes us being willing to record, to document. And everybody who knows me, they know this. I don't give a damn where I'm going. If I see someone having an interaction with a cop, I stop my car from a safe distance and I record every time. I will call the function and tell them this is why I am running late. I'm recording a police encounter, okay? It's that important. All right, Dan, what are your thoughts here? I think that's really good advice for us to have because we've shown time and time, year after year that the police unfortunately too often do not protect and serve people. So it's important that we can at least, again, from a safe distance because yeah. too often police officers will then retaliate against people who are practicing their right to record officers on duty. But people should be able to use their phones to record this and document these things so that you know if things don't if things go perfectly fine, it's normal, good. But if things don't, then there is a resource for the victim of that police encounter to be able to use in the court to get some amount of justice. Because very rarely or not often enough is justice served in these cases. Let's put up the mugshot of these two cops who have been charged with a heinous crime against two women. And I'm going to paint a parallel here. Flint police officer and former Genesee County Corrections officer are both now charged with criminal sexual conduct. Caleb Tyranny, 25, that's the person on the left, is charged with one count of first degree criminal sexual conduct. And Cameron Zaylor, 24, is charged with two counts of first degree criminal sexual conduct. Let me give you the background to this. The charges stem from an incident that allegedly happened back in December involving a 19 year old woman and a 21 year old woman at Tyranny's residence. 
all right? According to the prosecutor, he said one of the two victims knew tyranny from a gym. Tyranny allegedly sexually penetrated one of the women when he knew she was physically helpless, okay? The women came forward after the incident, leading to an investigation by the Linden Police Department. Investigators could not comment on whether the women were drugged before the alleged rapes. The county district court judge has set Zaylers and Tyranny's bonds at $50,000 each. Both are scheduled to appear in court again on March 3rd. We're gonna follow this story all the way through. The Flint Police Department says Tyranny was a move to desk duty when the allegations surfaced in December. All right, he's accused of rape. What did they do? They put him on desk duty. He was suspended without paying, removed from active duty this week after criminal charges were formalized. Flint police are conducting a separate internal investigation into the allegations against the cop. The outcome of that investigation and criminal proceedings against him will determine whether he returns to work with the Flint Police Department. Now, we've covered multiple stories on Indisputable that show direct links to police officers and sexual assault crimes. We have shown that right here on Indisputable from minors to adults, all right? There's a problem here. There's something going on here. One of the advocacies that I promote is to make sure that police officers are routinely screened through a psychological evaluation every six months. It needs to happen every six months, period, okay? And it's not. Um, in the UK, let's put up the picture of this guy. David Carrick. 46 years of age, is facing charges that he raped eight women over an 11 year period. He's a cop in the UK. He was first charged in October with raping one woman after they shared drinks in the town. The cop who was off duty at the time then allegedly raped the woman at a premier inn. Three more women came forward following his first court appearance and he was charged with 19 additional offenses. He allegedly falsely imprisoned one woman and a cupboard under the stairs and sexually assaulted three of the others by urinating on them. Put up his picture again. Now remember, this is over an 11 year period, there may be more. He now has 29 counts. He's facing 13 counts of rape, five counts of sexual assault, three counts of assault by penetration, and three counts of coercive and controlling behavior between 20, uh, 2009 and 2020. He was also charged with two counts of false imprisonment, one count of attempted rape, one count of attempted sexual assault by penetration, and one count of causing a person to engage in sexual activity without consent. The cop allegedly carried out the attacks while serving as an officer, all right? Now, here's what needs to happen, okay? Typically, we contextualize the stories um, as it relates to police connected to the civil rights of those they encounter during a traffic stop or a possible criminal offense. But let's be very clear, there was no pretext for a traffic stop or anything like that with these cops. We need cops to all go through psychological evaluations on a regular basis, not just to catch the stuff that they do on record, 
but to also catch what they do off record. This is a deeply rooted psychological issue. This man is evil. This man is a serial rapist. All right, Dan, extreme but true. The fact that you have a culture of policing internationally that will allow people like this in the force. And I am speculating, but I highly doubt that this was kept secret. Like I'm sure someone in the police force knew about what was going on. Because for it to be systemically happening yeah. over so many of a year's period, it shows a pattern in policing that I see internationally, unfortunately, where they believe that they are above the law. And so therefore they can practice within it and then become criminals themselves. Yeah. It's heinous, it's sickening, it's disgusting. And until we see police actually change their culture through what you're saying, more mental testing, just having officers make sure that when they see something, say something, all these other different measures to make sure the culture of policing roots out all the bad apples. Only then will you start to see public perception of police officers start to change for the better. But it's such a long road coming. Yeah, and so here's the reality too, brother. If you are a psychopath, if you are bigoted, if you're violent and you want to get away with it, become a cop. Become a cop because there's a protection in that culture and they know it. That's why so many of them are part of it. There's a protection in that industry unlike any other industry on the planet. Okay, and until we create transparency in that industry and we remedy these issues, you're going to steal and continue attracting individuals who are like these cops we just mentioned. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.